With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The uniforms have arrived. Welcome to Jets All the Way with Mags and Sabo, part of Elite Sports Radio. This is the Jets All the Way podcast, episode three to be precise of the Jets All The Way podcast. How you doing, folks? I am Jeff Magliacetti, New York Jets beat writer at EliteSportsNewYork.com, ready to give you a special episode of the Jets All The Way podcast, where we'll be taking a look at the Jets' new uniforms released on Thursday night in the center of New York, Midtown Manhattan, at Gotham Hall. Joining me, of course, is my editor and a man who was present over at Gotham Hall the other night, is my editor and the founder of ESNY, Robbie Sabo. Rob, how you doing today? What's up, Jeff? Yeah, it was uh, me and JB had a couple drinks last night. <laughs> um, you know, he he's, he got at he got out of Larry's house for the evening to uh, run the festivities. Yes, yes, that's great to know. That. It's good to know that the two you got two you guys brought the ruckus down there. Had had some good times down there. Hopefully, hopefully, you know Buckner situations, of course, referencing a curb down there. But uh, good job all around. Uh, but. Let's talk about the uniforms. The Jets unveiled their new uniform yesterday after two decades of going with the classic look. I think we could say that we can, uh, we will miss that that old classic look. Personally, yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I mean, listen, Parcells knew exactly what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the green helmets, although you know a lot of people like them, they were simple. Uh, the the font was modern for the time. Yes, and and they I think they meshed well the colors with the with the green and the white pants. Um, you know, when Parcells brought back that classic look, it was it was great. It was perfect. 
No, you're absolutely right. And there there were plenty of, you know, uh, not so great memories in those tunnels, but there were plenty of good ones, too. In fact, I'm doing a bit of a write-up. Hopefully, we'll have it up by the weekend on EliteSportsNewYork.com, ranking the best and worst moments in these old jerseys. So I'll defer to you, Rob, on this one. What do you think is the best and the worst moment the Jets had in their previous uniform set figure over the past two decades? Over the past two decades, um, the high point, the absolute high point. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not, it's not the the furthest they advanced, but the absolute high point, yeah, was the home play, the last home playoff game. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, forty-one nothing over the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, when Krebet took that curl, spun around, crossed mm-hmm. the plane of the end zone. I think that was the absolute high point because it was still a few years after when they just updated the uniforms. Yeah, that's right. Four years, I believe. Four, fourth or fifth year with it. Yep. And I think they had the grass. They had the grass field too yes. at that point. <laughs> so <laughs> it was everything was throwback. You know, they had Pennington. Everything was a throwback feel. Mm. Um, so I think uniform-wise, I think that was the absolute high point. Obviously, the back-to-back AFC Championship games, but. Course. It was on the road. You didn't have the energy. You didn't have the spirit of New York. So that that whole last home playoff game has to be the high point to me. I think personally, one of the higher points, and I don't want to spoil anything from our article, but maybe give you a, a bit of a preview of what's to come. One of the high points I think people forget that in their very first year in those uniforms, they won the AFC East. And I know it sounds taboo in today's day and age, but to do that, they were at Giant Stadium or at Meadowland Stadium, as it was known when the Jets played there, and they defeated the New England Patriots. That 1998 team deserves a lot of credit. It was their first year under the new uniforms. And remember, they started off two and three. Glenn Foley was the quarterback at the time. You know, he started off those first. The first games in the uniforms was featured by typical Jets heartbreak. I'm not sure if you recall, Rob, and I only recall because I'm in desperate need of a social life, but 1998, the first game, it was the NFL's first game at the 49ers. time. 49ers. Yes, Candlestick Park. It was their first game since CBS got the NFL rights back, or second game, technically, if you count the 1 o'clock games. And Garrison Hurst went 98 yards in overtime, 36-30 win. So, you know, of course, this wouldn't be the Jets if it didn't open up with some, you know, typical heartbreak that's completely out of the ordinary. And I think a 98-yard rush in overtime is indeed out of the ordinary. But... I remember, I remember Steve Mariucci. It was either CBS or NFL Films. Steve Mariucci before the game mm-hmm. commented on the jerseys. He goes, "Oh man, look at this old school throwback Jets jerseys. Let's go!" So he was <laughs> he was hyped for it. The the opposition was hyped. Oh, that's how you know you have a good jersey. But to my point also about that '98 squad, they did a great job. They defeated the New England Patriots. I know this. I know that concept, the Jets beating the Patriots, sounds taboo in the year 2019. But 1998, they swept the Patriots with Curtis Martin in tow. He had a pair of 100-yard games against the Patriots, swept the Patriots that year. Didn't think, again, didn't think you'd hear that in 2019, yes, including a Week 17 game at Giant Stadium, or Meadowlands Stadium, as it was known when the Jets played there. And he had a pair of 100-yard games, and the Jets crushed the Patriots in the final week of the season to clinch the AFC East title, and what is to date their last, the last time they had a playoff bye. They defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars in the divisional playoffs that year. I miss those Jaguars teams. You know, Brunel, Fred Taylor, Jimmy Smith. I miss those teams. But then they went to the AFC title game 
and they actually held a lead on the Denver Broncos, 10-0 in the third quarter, and then things just went to all heck for them, and they couldn't really fight with Denver Destiny, you know, John Elway's final game down there, and final game in Denver, that is, and then he went on to win the Super Bowl over the Atlanta Falcons. So, yeah, that 98 team was perfect. It was their first season back in the Classics. Uh, when that blocked punt happened at 10 nothing. Uh, yes. Who was it? Cascade, Blake Spence or Cascade one of the two. And um, it was 10, nothing. I actually thought we were going to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, being in high school, I was jacked up. I thought it was happening. Joe Namath all over again with Vinny and Keith Byers fumbles. Victor Green can't cover anybody. Rod Smith. Hello. I mean, Victor Green was great, but geez, he's a linebacker. He couldn't cover a damn person. He was just asking a lot to, you know, defeat a Denver team of destiny with John Elway that year. But, hey, the Jets gave it their all. And, by the way, it was it was Blake, by the way. So, good call on that. It was Blake. Okay. Yeah, I mean, listen, they, they won it the year before Denver. Destiny. Get out of here. You know, the Jets should have taken them out, beat Atlanta in the Super Bowl, and it should have been over. So, you're right. 98. Uh, the, really, the last two home playoff years, I think, are the best memories in those uniforms. People tend to forget, by the way, the Jets had actually beaten the Falcons that year. Granted, starting quarterback Chris Chandler was hurt for them. I think uh, Tony Graziani was the uh, starter for the Falcons that afternoon. But, yeah, they uh, they actually beat the Falcons that year. So who knows what might have been? Yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough one. But you're right. I think the turn of the century mm. were the best moments for the uniform, uniform-specific. Don't don't forget in 2000 there was the famous Monday Night Miracle as well. Yep, this is true. Al Grow. That's right. That's right. That 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 was an interesting year 2000 in a way because you know it featured the typical Jets silliness and that that the last minute they end up missing the playoffs, but it featured plenty of great moments. It included that. It included Wayne Corbett getting his revenge on Keyshawn Johnson in Tampa Bay on the pass from Curtis Martin, who ran for a career-high 200 yards that year in a game against Indianapolis in December. So what an interesting year that was. It's such a cherished but cursed period in Jets history, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, it was the, you know I was there for the final game in Baltimore. It so happened uh, we have family down there, and mm. we went to that Week 17 game. No kidding. And my dad was going nuts. Oh, no. We, when the Jets took the early lead, he was mocking every Ravens fan. Number one defense. Number one mocking their defense. because the No, Jets no, no. Yeah, yeah, they had an early two-possession lead, and he was mocking everybody. Mocking. <laughs> and I was like, this is, this is the kiss of death. What is he doing? <laughs> and then Testaverde throws the pick right before the half on the out pattern. And there we go. It's over. As if on cue. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my goodness. So but sorry. they were great. Listen, they were good fans. They were gracious. They let us out alive. Uh, <laughs> but what a terrible way to end the season. My it's, God. You know, we laugh now. That should be the bare minimum for fans. But you hear all these stories out there. It's just that that's actually a compliment towards them. So good good job by the Raven fans down there. Heck, if not for them let, letting you guys out, I probably wouldn't be sitting here doing this podcast with you guys. They talk about a chain reaction for the better. So... Let's mm -hmm. just uh, thank you, Ravens fans, at what was then known as uh, PSI Net Stadium, I believe, at the time. So, yeah, thank you for that. But we talked about the past. Now let's talk the present and the future. Jets jerseys unveiled last night. And I got to say, Rob, 
the social media responses, you know, there's been plenty of mocking. There's been plenty of derision on social media. I'm not going to lie. I like them. I'm not overly disappointed. Mm. I think they're okay. I because think they're okay. You mentioned last time you said you were having nightmares over how these were going to look. But have, have these nightmares subsided for you? Um, yeah. I mean, once it comes, I, they have subsided. Listen, I'll always prefer the classic ones over these. Of course. I'm surprised the logo didn't change more drastically. I'm surprised they used the current font. I'm actually glad it didn't change too much because when it comes to New York, lo- New York sports logos have a type of timelessness to them. They've been around forever, and they've done a fantastic job. You know, they barely changed. The Yankees, You, everyone knows the interlocking NY. With the Giants, everyone knows that NY as well, even though they play in New Jersey. But I digress. You look at the other teams, you know, the Rangers and the Islanders. The Islanders changed their look, and people were outraged, and rightfully so. You look at even the New Jersey teams, the Devils, for example. They got, they got the famous NJ within their logo. These logos are iconic in New York sports history. When If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere type of thing. And I think it's for the best that the Jets provided what I like to call a subtle but classy update to this look. Yeah, and I'm okay with it. I mean, there's no – I have no issues. Sure. Uh, but I'm more of a – I'm more of a classic striped guy. Like the helmet without a, at least one stripe down the middle of the center looks weird to me. It does. Uh, the metallic look. like we, You see the all green jersey. Like you said before, it looks like Marshall. Mm. And then the the helmet, because of the metallic, it, it's a completely different color shade of green. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't – I could live without the black. Okay. Yes. And I also don't like when – the color is the same all the way up and down. I hate when it's all black or all green. All white is fine because that's, you know, that's classic. But all green, all black, and I hate when the socks match the pants. It looks like these guys are wearing pajamas (laughs) on the field. Uh, What is this? I don't understand this. Yeah, we were talking about that before, before we went on the air, that you mentioned that they still look like pajamas. I think that's what the color looks like as well. It It looks too much like a pajama set. Not the biggest fan of that. But it's something I can live with. And I like this jersey set. Again, subtle yet classy update. A nice way to return to the light green, the Kelly green that was famous during the 1980s. I'm a little surprised that with the NFL's 100th anniversary that the Jets didn't introduce any sort of throwback. A throwback that we talked about last week that Jamal Adams was a big fan of posting a couple months ago a Photoshop version of himself in the Jets' 1980s road look or at least an updated version of that so i'm a little surprised nothing to no no throwbacks to celebrate the nfl's 100th anniversary and i too am not a fan of the black uniform it just feels like having a black uniform for the sake of having a black uniform something we've seen time time and time again in sports we saw with the new york mets they don't have a speck of black in their logo but they wore that black uniform for several years the arizona cardinals and the philadelphia eagles they actually have a little bit of black in their jersey their jerseys but it's nowhere nothing that you'd consider you know a primary color so that feels like a bit overkill feels like a bit of a, a desperate ploy to sell more jerseys in my opinion but hey as acdc once famously sang money talks but it's so it's so 1990s yes. going with a black uniform <laughs> it's the year 2019 you know college basketball seemed to have that problem as well because i believe uh north carolina for example again 
a team with not a, without a speck of black in their color scheme, yet they're coming out to the court with black jerseys. It's it's kind of ridiculous. I understand why they do it. I just don't necessarily agree with it. But as you said before, I also don't like the fact that there's no stripe on the helmet. It gives the helmet a bit of an unfinished look in a way. But I am glad they add some variety to the helmet a little bit in terms of co- going from white to green. And I like this jersey set nonetheless. You know, I think one of the biggest fears that – that when Nike took over the NFL's, you know, jersey and licensing deal, I think one of the biggest fears was that every team was going to go look, go out there looking like Oregon. And we saw a little bit of the extent of what could happen. The Browns and the Seahawks uniform updates, they weren't so well received. The Browns, in fact, have hinted that they're going to get a, they're going to gain a new look come 2020. And, you know, the Color Rush program, with little exception, was, you know, somewhat derided. People didn't like that. The Jets won when they played the Bills that one Thursday night, caused some color blindness in, or at least those who, who are colorblind failed to, uh, had trouble determining who was who back then. So, but the throwbacks, the throwbacks in the Color Rush program were mostly well received, but other than that, you know, they were mostly derided. So, you know, Nike kind of kept it subtle with this one. It's a nice little update to bring the Jets into the 2020s. And, you know, it's a great way. It, it was definitely on the Jets list of quote things to do when we think we're going to get good again, because you always see once these teams earn big stars and whatnot, they always seem to update their looks a little bit. And, the image of Sam Darnold wearing his old Jets jersey, the jersey from last year, the one they've had for the past two decades, that's going to be a collector's item someday, I believe. It's going to go down the same sense that the way, you know, the Alex Ovechkin Washington Capitals jersey from his rookie year, you know, with the eagle, with the stars, with the, with the Stars and Stripes flag coming, not Stars and Stripes flag, but the flag coming out of his back, that's technically a collector's item, the jersey with, the, you know, the Capitol building on it. Those are collector's items. Now the Steph Curry Jersey from those two thousands warriors team, that's a collector's item too. So it's going to be real interesting to see what those are worth in a couple of years. Yeah. So they want to update the uniforms when they get good again. Absolutely. Get, get an offensive line. How about that? Start there. Forget the uniforms. No, you're absolutely right. Hey, but, but honestly, listen, in all seriousness, I like I like the green top, the green home jersey with the white pants. I think that looks nice. It's very nice. I like the white road jersey with the white pants. I think that looks nice. It's a again a classy update. Enough yeah, it's, so it's a perfect blend of subtlety and class in the update, and I think that's all you can really ask for when designing a new jersey in the 21st century, in the 2010s, in the 2020s. So I think that's all you can ask for. I think the Jets did a good job with it. They did a lot of pomp and circumstance beforehand, you know, bringing in J.B. Smoove to introduce them, a couple couple of uh, musical performances, which I'm sure you saw last night as well. So I think they did enough pomp and circumstance, and they're really just celebrating a new era. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, all that matters, all that matters is how you look on the field because – if you if you go four and twelve, no one's gonna care about the jerseys. If you go twelve and four, no one's gonna care about the jerseys. You need to just win. You need to go out there. You need to have you you need to, you know, just win some games. You need to get back to the playoffs because you're on a playoff drought that's nearing a decade, and that's nearly unheard of in today's NFL. So you need to get back out there and you need to win. You you could look good, fine. And I do believe the Jets look good right now, but no one's gonna care if they don't look good in the jersey playing the game that's yeah and it, it really is crazy i mean when parcells came they this franchise made the playoffs more than 
a lot of teams up until, you know, 2011 or 2010, um, you know, they were in the upper quarter of teams making the playoffs in terms of frequency. So, yeah, it's it's been a long time. There was an entire generation that knows the Jets as a team that is that that knows the Jets solely as a laughing stock. For a while there, they were actually pretty consistent. I like to compare the Jets sometimes to the Kansas City Chiefs in a way. I think you we talked about it a little bit during the playoff run that the Chiefs were having last year, but they're basically a more metropolitan northeast version of the Kansas City Chiefs in the sense that they've been snake bitten as well. They won one title at the at, at the in the sixties or in the Chiefs case the seventies, Super Bowl three and Super Bowl four back to back years in that in terms of that to close out the AFL tenure of Super Bowls. But no one rips on the Chiefs as they much as much as they do the Jets. Because when the Chiefs do it, people when the Chiefs choke in the playoffs, people always feel sorry for them. It's like, oh poor Chiefs, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But when the Jets do it, it's it's always LOL Jets. The me makers come out in full force. So I think that comes with the New York territory a little bit. But I think that's I just think that's a little interesting when moving forward, you know? Yeah, the, the Chiefs fans and Jeff's fan, Jets fans are brothers in arms. Yes. You know, they, they they were the they were the two pioneers of the AFL. You know, Namath, Namath started it and then the Chiefs cemented it. Mm-hmm. And the merger happened. And since then, you know, there's been playoff appearance. The Jets have made the playoffs far more than the Chiefs. Yes. Um, Trends reversed a little bit, but still. Yeah, but um, you know the Giants don't help in that matter. You know, if the Chiefs had another Kansas City team who was winning championships, they'd be the laughing stock, just like the Jets. I think that's a big factor too. That that, that does not help either as well. Yeah. And of course, like I said, I also think it comes with the New York territory in a way. Kansas City is a small town compared to the size of New York. That's no knock on Kansas City, by the way. I've been there once, and it's a great city. They do a great job down there. I mean. They really support their teams down there. And they both have these vocal fan bases that, you know, have stuck with the team through thick and thin. I mean, the Jets last season, I remember when I went to that, when I when I covered the game against the Packers last season, still a very decent crowd full of Jets fans. And they finished, I believe, in the top five of attendance this year. And the Chiefs, you know, they always talk about, hey, this week we're going to set a Guinness World Record. We're going to have this at Arrowhead Stadium, which is a just, which remains one of the coolest stadium names and all sports and i'm just so glad they haven't added any corporate sponsorship to that knock on wood but they're brothers in arms in a way and they the chiefs have also had a classic look but again it doesn't matter because they haven't added any championships to that since the 60s since the 70s so these are two teams that are on the rise and they need to they, they really want to get something going as we move forward into a new decade yeah chiefs have never changed their uniforms mm-hmm. i like yep. that not once. Not once. Not once. It's a classy look for them. I mean, I do remember that one time when they did the uh, AFL celebrations back in the tw- back in the uh, 2009 season. Jets, of course, were clad in the uh, New York Titans alternate, which was a very cool look, if only for a short while. But I remember the Chiefs wore their Dallas Texans jerseys, so that was pretty interesting. And they actually had one of the better-looking matchups in recent NFL memory. They played the Cowboys who were clad in their 1960s throwbacks for a game. I believe that game ended in overtime when Miles Austin took it for a long touchdown on a, to end a career day. I think he had over 200 yards receiving in that game. So that was one of the better-looking matchups in NFL history. And, you know, I just think this speaks to the NFL's power in a way, if I could just end on this note in a way. This speaks to the NFL's power 
in that, you know, baseball season is in full swing. You got hockey and basketball coming down to the wire. Granted, it helped it helped that the Islanders have locked up their playoff spot and the Nets did not play last night. But what are we talking about in the grand scheme of New York things today? We're talking about what's basically a glorified fashion show. And this just shows the grip the NFL has on the American public's imagination. You know, we could be talking about, you know, the New York Yankees and how they topped the Baltimore Orioles Orioles yesterday for what seems like the first time, a decent game. Glaber Torres, four for four. We could talk about the Mets and how they choked away their home opener against the Nationals, losing four nothing. But here we are. The main topic of conversation in this city, undoubtedly, I could I think you could say, is the Nets jerseys. Again, Islanders are in the playoffs. Nets are fighting for their playoff lives right now. What are we talking about? A glorified fashion show in midtown Manhattan. And anyone who says that the NFL is quote-unquote a dying league needs to get their head examined because I think yesterday's yesterday's showcase just proves the grip the NFL has on this nation's imagination. New York has always been a baseball town. It still is a baseball town. But the NFL is the powerhouse of the world. Yes. So when the Jets and the Giants make news, it doesn't matter what time of year it is. And you're absolutely right, 100%. That'll wrap it up for the third episode of Jets All The Way. And Rob, now that the tension and this quote-unquote nightmares, according to you, of the jersey reveal have subsided with what is overall, I think you and I can both agree, a decent look. Social media will not, will not, but hey, that's what makes America the great nation it's always been. We... We are going to talk about some draft work coming up. We're just about, you know, three weeks away from the NFL draft, and we'll look deeper into that. We'll get you a couple episodes back out there. And we, of course, are looking forward to getting getting you, the fans, further involved in this conversation. We're going to open it up to a little bit of, uh, you know, trivia contests. We're going to open up to, like, some fan questions and whatnot. Maybe Maybe get you guys, get your thoughts, read your tweets on the air or whatever. But we're very much looking forward to that. And we just also want to say, Thank you for the increasing uh, viewership or listenership, I guess you could say, of the program. We're most appreciative of it so far, too. Now three episodes in. So we just want to thank you that, thank you for that. Rob, anything to add to conclude? Uh, no, you, you said it, buddy. It's uh, Everything's good. And uh, listen, jerseys weren't a disaster. Mm. They're not uh, crazy. They're not CFL. Yeah. So that's, I think, like you said, that's all you could ask for. They're not XFL, they're not they're not UFL, they're not whatever. This is of course the NFL. That will do it for the third episode Stop of the Jets All the Way podcast. You. For Rob Sabo, I'm Jeff Maglichetti. Have a great day, everybody, and thanks for listening. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. These vagabonds. Thanks for listening to Elite Sports Radio. Right through the very heart of it New York, New York I want to wake up In a city that doesn't sleep And find I'm king of the hill Top of